thank you so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. Hope you're well. I'm your host, Ben Lively, and you're listening to Shaken Awake, episode number one. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in with me from wherever in the world you may be listening from, and I promise you uh, a great show today. More than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord wherever you're at, whether you're taking a walk, driving your car, sitting at home, working out. He's right there with you. And so let's get ready to invite him in with us and allow him to speak through me and into your hearts and minds. So let's get into the heart of today's topic, shall we? And since this is the very first episode, I thought I'd share just a little bit about me and how the idea for the show was revealed to me by God and what this podcast will be delivering once a week moving forward how it will help you and hopefully provide some valuable content that our Lord and the Holy Spirit can use to speak to you and help change your life in whatever ways it needs changing. In in today's episode, I'm not going to reveal everything that's happened in my life and that's led me to this very moment. I will reveal a few life-changing and eternity-changing moments with you with plenty of stories and horrors to share with you in many uh, future podcasts and episodes, okay? Let me first begin by saying this. I don't deserve to be doing this podcast right now with you all. I really don't. You know, I used to hear Dave Ramsey answer most of his guests with, quote-unquote, better than I deserve when they asked him how he was doing, and I used to roll my eyes and think, man, what a clever little response to such a simple and most often asked question. That guy thinks of everything. And my thoughts would wander to his wealth and his fame and popularity. And then I just make up my mind that he was actually telling the truth because he had so much that he didn't know what to do with it. And that's where that little catchphrase of a response had come from. A little bit of truth, a little bit of on-air marketing flair, right? Well, now I know exactly what he meant. He meant what I mean when I now use that very same response. It comes from being made so humble, so unprideful, so humiliated by my sins, yet so graceful for God's mercy and salvation and love and grace and forgiveness, and blessings, and miracles, and protection that you can't help but deserve the worst. But to have what your heart truly tells you that you don't deserve, it's a real state of mind and of spirit. By the way, if you'd seen me prior to April of 2019, you'd have seen a different me than you'd likely not want to be listening to at this very moment. At least I'd hope to God not. So let me set the stage for you so you know where I've come from, so you have a better idea of where I'm at right now and certainly where I'm headed. I'm not going to bore you with my past, but I do want to honor God today by revealing his power, his authority, his might, his love, his his mercy, his miracles, and his promises to you and I. And I'll do that through my story he's asked me to share to anyone who's willing uh, to listen to it and anyone that he will call through it. I truly do believe what I'm going through, what he's delivered me from, and all that he's provided and providing now wasn't meant for nothing. 
and it certainly wasn't meant to keep to myself. By the way, next week, we'll get in some really hot topics of our lifetime and of today that you're more than likely experiencing yourself, which I'll discuss briefly toward the end of today's show. We have a full lineup planned and recorded to keep you blessed every week for the next few years. So uh, please head over to www.shaken-awake.com. That's www.shaken with a dash awake. Com to submit a topic you'd like to discuss or simply make comments, suggestions, criticisms, corrections. I'm open to anything and everything. So one of my new favorite questions to ask a candidate in an interview is, well, more of a statement, really. It goes like this. So, John, everyone's got a story. What's yours? You cannot imagine what comes out. Everything comes out. I seldom need to really ask any other major question. So, guys, here's my story. I was around five or so when I remember the world around me. It was just me, myself, and my mom, grandparents on top of the hill. We had a peaceful, quiet, pretty happy life. I mean, at five years old, life's good. Am I right? So other than great memories of learning to ride a bike, playing matchbox cars in the dirt and picking some wild berries off the vine and eating them. Oh, I I forgot tricking as many people into sticking a metal object against the electrified barbed wire where the cow cow pastures were and laughing till I couldn't breathe when they did. You know, other than that, life was great. Then he came. A, A man on a motorcycle that my mom liked. And who never spoke to me, but I didn't care. He didn't bother me, and he seemed to make my mom happy. And when he'd come over, uh, you know, so I didn't think anything of it. Little did I know those first few times I saw him for just a few minutes would turn into what I felt like an eternity of living hell. Little did I know it would be days before he'd be my adopted father, my stepfather, and the monster I had no idea existed in the world. Flash forward a few years, I now had a brother, moved out of the farmhouse into the city near Philly, and had a shiny new baby brother. Life was still okay. I was uh, sleeping on a couch, walking to school through city streets, and pretty much all my own from seven years of age and on. For the first few years of grade school, I just thought this was all life. Uh, Growing up, going to school, making new friends, going to church. I'll stop right there church for me growing up was this. Everyone wearing their best suits, dresses, uh, silence while the preacher was preaching, singing only out of hymns, guided only by the electric organ. If that's your memory of church also, we're not alone. But it was church and I knew every Sunday we'd go and then eventually I could come home and play. Then everything changed. Literally overnight, Fighting in the other room, my mom crying a lot, my stepdad yelling and screaming a lot, and then came the sounds of what sounded like hitting. That was a sound I'd never heard before. It was a dark and scary sound, and every time I heard it, my mom seemed to get quieter. It quickly became an everyday and an every evening thing until I wasn't sure what was going on. Then we moved to another town, and I learned then what true abuse was. 
My younger brother was now around uh, three or four by this point. I was officially awarded the title of parent for him. I was responsible for entertaining and keeping him quiet when my stepdad was trying to sleep during the day. This is where I learned what happened when a child wakes up a sleeping monster. I found myself instantly swirling in a whirlwind of punches and kicks and poundings and belts and spitting in my face and stomping on me. I found that when something happened that was out of my control, I got the punishment. This wasn't just me. It was my mom also who he'd kick, spit, hair pulled out of the head, shoved, mocked, verbally abused, and cried just about 23 hours out of every day. My only semi-safe space room was my bedroom. And that was the only safe space I had because I was out of sight. You know, I I lived in that room most of my childhood from third grade to ninth grade. Every day, beating, mental abuse, verbal abuse, corporal punishment. I bet there's still indents on my nose in that corner of the room where I was made to stand for eight hours or more for anything I did or just for nothing. My bedtime was 8 p.m. regardless if it was summer and most days I was just grounded for going from going outside for nothing. Then the abuse started at school. That was a great time. From 6th to ninth grade, I'd leave the house to go to a Christian school, which, oh, by the way, was also my church. So to be abused by the same four to five boys, four years, four long years, abuse at school every day, come home to abuse at home, sleep, Rinse, repeat. This happened every day for four years until, thank God, I was kicked out of that school for disciplinary problems, which basically amounted to they didn't want to deal with the allegations of abuse I had on their students, so they looked for a reason to get rid of me. I'm glad that they did. At least the daytime abuse was gone. Those guys that abused me, one has uh, unfortunately since committed suicide to our completely strung out on drugs and criminal activity and others the same guy who he was in middle and high school never really grew up and the others are with likely similar past i don't know anyway i went to public school and realized hey this is better than christian school how's that for irony right so we moved out of that house of horrors to the other side of town and both parents got new jobs that allowed me to basically be on my own found a new group of friends that basically like to hang out on the street corner and drink alcohol, smoke weed, take acid, and many other forms of drugs. I was probably 13 or 14 at the time, smoking my first joint, drinking my first uh, 40 ounce with uh, no abuse around me. Just my boys, my drugs and alcohol, loud music parties and my newfound freedom. I stayed out till 7 a.m., did coke, weed, pills, acid, alcohol, and just spent days at parties sleeping with girls. I never even knew their names the next morning. Around and around this went day after day until high school was nearing its end. And I heard from one of my party boys that he was joining the army. He was just like me. So I was completely floored. And I asked him, uh, a million questions. And he convinced me to talk to his army recruiter. Uh, I figured I had only two choices, stay in this crime-infested slum 
you know, hanging around with the same guys that had no plans for a future and either a be dead, addicted, or in prison, or all the above, or join the army where I was told free housing, free food, free clothes, no bills, all money, going out partying, traveling the world, shooting cool weaponry. I thought, man, that's my future. That's chosen for me. I didn't have to think. I signed on the dotted line, had my parents sign for me at age 17, and away I left for boot camp shortly after turning 18. I was free. Let me pause for uh, just a quick second here. By the way, I'm still a quote-unquote Christian because John 3.16 said I was. I entered the army, but before entering, I met some girl I met at a local mall back home, and I promised I'd marry after boot camp and advanced individual training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Stupid, stupid me. Well, that's just what I did. Came back home got married, took her with me to good old Fort Bragg, North Carolina, home of the All-American 82nd Airborne Division. Life was great, man. Lived off base, broke, drank every night, went to strip clubs, went drunk golfing, played my army games, drank some more, learned my first sergeant was a big advocate of Mary Jane, so started smoking weed, knowing he'd give us two weeks advance notice of any pending, quote-unquote, surprise your analysis. And again, Life was great. My new wife was pleading with me to find a local church and begin going, but I was so hammered every day and free for the first time in my life that I talked her out of every single Sunday for the next six years. But remember, I was a Christian and I was saved. I was then uh, restationed in Oahu, Hawaii, and man, that's where the 24-7 party started happening. Ever been stuck on an island for three years with nothing but clubs, beaches, every branch of the military crammed onto one island and nothing but nightly parties and drinking and smoking Maui Wowie? Yeah, so three more year, my years I just can't remember much of. I got out in 2001, just five months shy of 9-11 and uh, moved to Florida furthest place I could away from Pennsylvania, but the next best thing I could find next to Hawaii uh, without the unaffordable cost of living. So within a year of moving here, I uh, got divorced over infidelity on her part. Part of it uh, was I wanted to be even more free. The other part was she cheated. So double party duty I went on. 23, 24 years old, downtown Orlando, every night at Annie and every nug club and bar. This time, ecstasy is now in the picture along with everything else. Another few years, I'll I'll never remember or ever get back. I met my current wife at work. Within a few years, married her, bought a house, immediately had our first daughter, and in another 24 months, had our first son. Every night since they were born, I drank and drank heavily. Other than the thousands of pictures and some video my wife took of them growing up, I don't remember much at all. And to think I used to laugh or complain how many pictures she took. Now they're uh, all I have of memories beside the few handfuls of flash frames of things we did or a few mini reels of highlights I can remember. They're now 15 and 13 years old this month. But remember... I was saved and I was a Christian. 
I've skipped over a lot here. One, we don't have enough time. Uh, two, I'll share some impactful happenings that took place in future episodes of this podcast here at Shaken Awake. And three, because I don't think you could bear to hear them all in one sitting without wanting to wish you never heard them. So I'll cut right to the end to where I am at today. For the past 20 years, I was a functioning alcoholic that denied I ever was. Somehow, someway, climbing the corporate ladder, leading to the creation of two businesses I started from scratch and still going strong. And then God showed up. God showed up inside a hospice room as my mother-in-law slowly died for a full straight week at no more than 60 pounds. A year or so earlier, she'd never gone to a doctor for anything. She was 65 years old from happy and newly retired and healthy to literal skin and bones, slowly passing away in a hospice bed with uh, those of us that loved her and she loved around her 24-7. During that week, what I'm about to share with you changed the course of my life and my destiny for eternity. Prior to April 1 of 2019, had I died, this very moment, I would be burning in hell in total and utter torment with no relief and no hope for the next billion times, billion times, billion times, billion years. And that would be like a whisper in the wind in the realm of eternity, right? God saved me through a series of revelations. He gave me visions, angels, and the immense filling of the Holy Spirit that's left my jaw still lying on the floor today. So I'm going to sum up the entire week there at the hospice. Day one, couldn't even look at her. Day two, couldn't even look at her without trying my hardest not to cry. Day three, visitors, guests, family, co-workers, they started to visit, thanking her for what they she did for them, being there for them, caring about them, and sharing the Bible and God's word with them. Revelation was given to me on the meaning of life throughout those situations. The worthlessness of my life to that point and where I was headed. Day four, more the same. Everyone surprised she was still living. They said it was impossible. And I started getting revelations from God about what had happened just prior to the transfer to the hospice. What God God revealed to her about what was about to happen. The fact that she was in God's presence And it was to let the family mourn. And so she could receive all the love that others had for her before she went home. Day five started to get a sensation that she was preparing to leave for heaven. I was getting more and more revelations about life, direction of my life, total conviction, how I treated others, what really matters in life. That I had everything backwards. You know, she was the poorest on earth, but would be the most treasured and rewarded in heaven. Day six, she's starting to fade, you know, end of life symptoms. And I saw angels and her mother who passed away nine years prior with her. The chaplain came in and he made several comments on a very heavy feeling of the presence of the Lord as he entered our room. I saw angels And her mother, who had been dead for nine years, looking at her around the bed in just awe for around 30 minutes with a joy 
and an expression I can't even describe well enough. Like they simply couldn't hold in their excitement and joy knowing she'd soon be home with them. The look of the most joyful desperation to have her with them was and still is unexplainable. And on the seventh day, the Lord took her home. Day eight and beyond, I'll never be the same. I see people different. Immediately, there was an aura about and around them that I could see the pain in their lives and stress and unhappiness. It's like I could see through them. It was like a new sixth sense. Even buildings and cars and these shiny objects and things, everything looked and felt different. So I started reading my Bible for the first time in my life. For the first time, I wasn't forced to since I was a kid anyway. So I started on a read the Bible in a year plan and God revealed to me that I'd be asked one day by God why I had my whole life to read his living word that he provided us all. Yet I never took any time to ever care enough to read it. And it scared the crap out of me. I felt it. It was like a vision. It scared me straight enough to then want to read it. I quit my businesses. I dissolved the one immediately, handed my half to the other business partner. I felt the Lord telling me they were worthless, done for the wrong reasons, and to start over his way. It explained why I felt these pulls in recent months and years prior ghosting opportunities and just turning down work and it never made sense to me at the time now it did and he revealed loud as day at a stoplight about why he'd given me the gifts he'd given me it wasn't to be used for this world but for his kingdom and I remember my hair stood up on my arms and the back of my neck and from there things started to change everything started to change The way I felt inside, the way I felt about people, actually started caring and was totally hooked on the Bible and then Jesus. I felt a peace I still feel today and it is completely unexplainable. There was always this burning desire, this itch, this strong pull towards wanting something, wanting more, feeling empty of something. I would have done anything for it, but I didn't know what it was. Now I do. It's the feeling of total peace and love, no matter what's going on around you, with the most humbling feeling of not needing to need anymore because you already have more than enough. It's knowing and feeling the love and grace and joy of God. It's a feeling and a way of being that is literally priceless. Money can't buy this. Fame or success can't earn this. Searching can't find this. Only searching for him will allow him to freely give it to you. Where I am today is not where I've been. You've heard of a 10, 20, or 30-year overnight success, right? In business, it's it's a humorous but truthful reality of what has to happen, pain, right? To get where you desire to be, what people see of you today anyway. And the secret is, there is no secret. It's simply not overnight. It takes trials and tribulations, ups and many downs. Too many to count. One or zero steps forward, five steps back. Getting knocked down and drugged through the mud with the need to just get up and see it through another day. Sometimes just to see it through another hour. 
I've been in the valley of the shadow of death many times over from childhood verbal, mental, and physical abuse, cheating, lying, stealing, manipulating, four separate bankruptcies, one failed marriage, almost two, separation, adultery, drugs, alcoholism, smoking, murderous, and heinous thoughts, thoughts of suicide, anxiety, depression, and yet I believed in those moments I was saved. I'll say it again. Had I died prior to April of 2019, I'd be in hell this very moment. Not just because I deserved hell and according to the Bible, I would have ended there, but because I was living with two eyes that couldn't see, two ears that couldn't hear, a mind that couldn't comprehend and was clouded, and a heart that was as dull as a rock and harder than a diamond. I had zero love for anything other than myself and for 90% of my life, I don't even believe I had love for myself. Jesus said that the two most important commands, commandments to obey in order to inherit the kingdom, he said this, don't just take my word for it, check it out, Luke 10, 25 through 28, and behold, a lawyer of the time stood up to put him to the test, him being Jesus, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbors yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So from Jesus's mouth, love the Lord your God with everything you have all of the time, not just sometimes or when things go wrong and equally love everyone around you with the same everything as you love your own self. If we inherit eternal life and we will live there if those two commandments are adhered to, which we'd have to do and we'd have to do if we're truly saved, then the opposite fate is true if we do not. Again, I don't say this. Jesus has. It's been right in front of our noses for the past 2,000 plus years. Yet how many know it? How many think about it? How many actually follow it? I sure didn't. Why? Because I didn't care. I didn't know. I didn't realize. I didn't even try. And I had no desire to even read my Bible. It wasn't until I was literally shaken awake did any of this come to light. He had been there my whole life, but I didn't take even one day to listen or truly seek him or want to put my old life away to follow him. There's an infinite number of lessons and directions and commands from God. There's equally an infinite number of judgments for those that choose either subliminally or outright choose to ignore regardless of intent and infinite rewards for those that either seek to know and listen and follow him to include eternal life in heaven. I'm going to be sharing both. Why? Because A, it's my duty as the Lord's servant to serve him by doing so and to help populate the kingdom of heaven. For he says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Referring, of course, to how many lost there is, well outweighing those that are willing to preach this gospel and lead them to God's calling. B, because his pen and Gillette of Penn and Teller once stated and recorded on his own cell phone, and it's provided in today's show notes, how much do you want to have to hate someone 
not to proselytize. And that's coming from a self-proclaimed atheist. You don't believe me? Let's take a quick listen before we wrap up today's show. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition. Um, I thought it said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Uh, Psalms from the New, just part of the New Testament. A little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it that I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of uh, proselytizing. I mean, he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm sane. I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. He was not uh, defensive, and he looked me right in the eyes, and he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me and then gave me this Bible. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible, which had written in it a little note to me, uh, not very personal, but just, you know, like to show and so on, and then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, this is why this podcast is called Shaken Awake. It exactly describes what happened to me, and it's what I want to help do for those that need it as I did. If you're perfect and your walk with God is perfect and you know your Bible from front to back and you have a deep and true and consistent relationship with Jesus daily, then this podcast may do nothing but provide some entertainment and, and light refreshers. However, if you're open to hearing what the Lord has placed on my heart to share from one Christian brother to another Christian brother and sister, provide as much as I can about what God's sharing with me and leading me to share with you, then please keep tuning in 
and become shaken awake with deeper knowledge and and understanding of uh, what God's intended for us to have all along. One quick side note, it would mean the world to me if you took a minute to write a quick note on iTunes or Spotify or Pandora or whichever podcast app you're using so that other people can be drawn to listen and have a chance to hear some life-changing and eternity-changing messages the Lord's put on my heart, and he will no doubt uh, place on theirs as well. Also, please uh, submit requests for subjects affecting you in your life. Also, comments, suggestions, complaints, whatever, on www.shaken-awake.com forward slash contact. Next week, tune in as we begin to peel back the layers of God's word and ask the question, are you saved or simply fooling yourself? Following that, we're going to find out why we're here, why we're born on purpose, for a purpose, And we'll find out what that purpose is. Here's a hint. It's not about fun or retirement. Okay? And just to give you a teaser of topics we'll discuss, and believe me, the Holy Spirit has downloaded topics that I haven't even thought of, but enough content to uh, to certainly keep us entertained, but spiritually enriched, blessed, and closer to Jesus than perhaps we've ever been. We'll discuss just some of the following in the weeks to come. Uh, You only live once. Living your best life, social conformity, making as much money or having as much fun as you can before we die, living life free and comfortable, freedom of choice and freedom in life that has a price, a reward and consequences. Are you loving God at church on Sundays only? We have access to everything but no concentration on God. What we choose is what we desire and vice versa putting our trust and hope in the wrong things, looking to leaders and worldly figures instead of God, worrying about the wrong things, being self-absorbed and not even realizing it, trying to impress everyone but God, having never read the Bible through or even at all. Life is preparation for eternity. Why do we invest in our future on earth but not in eternity? How are you living life? Wasting it? Spending it? Investing it? What percentage of your entire life up until now have you lived for Jesus? Why? If you had two hours to live from right now, how much about what or everything you've done up until right now actually has mattered? Again, those are just to name a few. Excited to get rolling on the next message. Until next week, take great care of yourself and each other, and God bless you all.